This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. You want to be more productive, but social media, email, text messages, and more can be distracting. We talk to a productivity expert for tips to help you overcome daily distractions. The state of our attention determines the state of our lives. If we're distracted in each moment, these moments accumulate day by day, week by week, year by year to create a life that is distracted. Then, how much do you know about the rules for organ donation? You'll hear about one family's battle to save the life of their child that ended up changing federal regulations. There's a huge discrepancy. If you were under 12, you were twice as likely to die waiting for organs as you were if you were 12 and older. Those two stories and more are straight ahead. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. We all want to be more productive, yet most of us get distracted by social media, email, text messages, and much more. Well, if you'd like to be more focused, a productivity expert is here to help. He's Chris Bailey, author of Hyperfocus, How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction. Chris, before we get to your tips on being more productive, would you say that today's world has more ways to distract us than ever before? I would. And the reason that's the case is by default, we're wired to pay attention to anything that's one of three things. We're wired to pay attention to anything that we find pleasurable in the moment. We are wired to pay attention to anything we find threatening. And we're wired to pay attention to anything we find novel in the moment. And so our brain even has a mechanism by which it rewards us with a hit of dopamine, the pleasure chemical, whenever we focus on something that's new and novel. So if you look at those characteristics, pleasurable, threatening, novel, and you compare those with the devices around us, smartphones, these newfangled, everything of that nature, chances are most of them are all three things. And so this is, I think, the challenge of managing our attention when we're in this world of distraction is that in the moment, these things we see as distractions will always be more attractive to focus on. So Facebook will always be more attractive in the moment than a Word document that we're working on. An Excel sheet will always be less attractive than our smartphone that's attached at our hip. And so we need to get ahead of the impulse. But at the same time, it's not really our fault because this is a way that our brain is wired. You have some amazing facts and statistics in your book. One is that we work for just 40 seconds before we're either interrupted or distracted when we're in front of a computer. What can we do to not have that happen? This is the thing, especially when we're not on a deadline, we will be tempted by distractions. And I think getting a distractions blocker, Freedom is a great example of a program that allows you to tame these distractions ahead of time. The idea is that when you go to one of these websites, it blocks you from checking Twitter or checking the news or checking whatever problem website you happen to have. And because of that, you notice that you're distracted. So often we're distracted without noticing that our attention is gravitated to that thing so we can get back on track that way. We're talking with Chris Bailey, author of Hyperfocus, How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction. Some of the things you recommend are pretty basic, and yet a lot of people ignore them or think they're superhuman, as you mentioned. One is getting enough sleep 
And another, which I love, is using caffeine. Talk about that. Well, I'm a big fan of both, sleep and caffeine. Hopefully not. Actually, when you put them together and take a coffee nap where you have a cup of coffee, you nap for about 20 minutes and then you wake up 15, 20 minutes so you don't get deep into a sleep cycle, you will wake up with so much energy after that point. But when we get a proper amount of sleep, the amount of attention we have to give to whatever's in front of us increases by around 58%. And the thing about working on a sleep deficit is when we're on a sleep deficit, we rank our productivity as being higher than it actually is. So we think we're so productive because we're doing stuff, we're busy. But the research shows that the picture is more nuanced than that because we do our work, but we take on work that is significantly less challenging and less productive. It's less important. It's more novel, pleasurable, threatening than what's truly important on our plate. And so we're busy, but while accomplishing less than we used to. And so it's so vital to get out ahead of that. Caffeine boosts our mental and physical performance by almost every single measure imaginable, up to a certain point, up to about 150 milligrams, and we each react differently to consuming caffeine. But we can use that energy boost wisely by summoning it whenever we need that extra jolt. It's about being deliberate about how we manage our attention. We very rarely choose what we focus on before we focus on something. And so when we bring that deliberateness to how we manage our attention, because it's such a vital ingredient in our lives, we can become more productive, but also experience more meaning in our life because we're able to notice that meaning in the first place. One of the uh, things that seems difficult to do in today's world, but is so important for relationships, is learning to listen to what other people are saying. Do you have any what advice was that? on? No, I'm just <laughs> do you have any advice on how to listen better? Because it seems like a lost art in many cases. It really is, yeah. And so often we flip our phone down on the table when we're talking to somebody, but studies show that when our phone is flipped down on the table, we still check it every three to five minutes, um, <laughs> which kind of interrupts the flow of attention. I have this idea that love is really no different from sharing quality attention with someone. But the phone on the table interferes with almost every measure of our attention. When it's on the table and we're chatting with somebody, we have been shown to feel less close to the person we're with. We have been shown to feel less connected with the person that we're with. And we even rank, this is it's kind of sad, our relationship quality as being less than it actually is. And so we think our relationship is suffering, but really our attention is suffering. The state of our attention determines the state of our lives. If we're distracted in each moment, these moments accumulate day by day, week by week, year by year to create a life that is distracted. But if we pay attention to what's meaningful, like a conversation, if we listen to somebody's words until we hear the period at the end of their sentences, it's such a lost art. But wait for that pause. Wait for them to finish saying what they have. Because if you do, this is a way by which we can set an intention for what we want to accomplish. Attention without intention is essentially wasted energy, in my opinion. But we choose something meaningful, we focus on it, and then those moments accumulate to create a more meaningful life. Meaning is all around us. It's everywhere, but we just don't notice that it's there in the first place because our attention is on our phones. And so it's such a vital idea. Chris, millions of people, it seems, work in what are called open offices, 
Yet your studies of this show that it's really not very productive to work in an open office. Yeah, the research that I've encountered and chatted with experts about beyond myself, it shows that we experience more external distractions and interruptions in an open office environment, and we distract ourselves above 50% more than we would when we're able to focus on something with this level of intention and often intensity. But here's the thing about open offices. When we do work that is collaborative, interruption is a necessary cost of doing collaborative work. But we often do focused work as well. And so when we're doing a project that requires this hyper collaboration, you know, if NASA was launching a satellite and everybody had noise canceling headphones on and weren't talking to one another, chances are the satellite wouldn't launch that well, if at all, because that process of continuous interruption is how collaboration happens. But we have more focused work now than we've had in quite some time. And so if you're in an open office, Make sure you have an alternative environment, if this is at all possible, when an important task comes along where you need to focus on it. Maybe you have a room at home. Maybe there's a favorite coffee shop that you love going to. Because if you ask people where they're the most productive, very few people say the office. People say it's when the kids have gone to bed. It's first thing in the morning when I'm sipping my coffee. And so take advantage of those times. Productivity is so often a process of understanding our constraints. And so by working around those constraints, you can dive that much deeper into your work. Chris Bailey, author of Hyper Focus, How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction. And we can certainly use that information, can't we? Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Next, a mom's battle against the healthcare system. That story coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.